0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Julie Loves Television. It's, again, long time no talk. Honestly, she's been super busy, especially with work and how it gets very busy in the summers. Um, I chose the exact terrible time to actually do this to, like, get into a groove for a podcast, but, um, I want to say I said the intro wrong again, but we're moving on. Um... I haven't been watching a ton of television since the last time we talked, or even many movies that I can think of. Let me think. I know I saw the new um, Jennifer Lawrence No Hard Feelings comedy that was out at the end of June sometime. I liked it a, a lot. I liked Jennifer Lawrence. She was funny in it. She's very pretty, which is like, insanely pretty. I don't know. She's gotten, so insanely pretty over the years that it's, it's kind of hard to like understand like the awkwardness there, but like I guess it makes sense. But it's just insane. I did not like like some of the scenes in it, but overall I thought it was a pretty good movie. And it was kind of confused on what it was going for a little bit, whether or not it meant to be extremely like. Or like more like what genre? I meant it was trying to be. I understand comedy, but like beyond that, what what was the point? I liked the lead actor, the guy with the like kid or eighteen year old or something like. that. I really liked him. The um, and they worked well together, uh, and how like the different types of awkwardness bounce off each other between Jennifer Lawrence and him. I think I've seen a um, different movie by the director or some of the other writer or something but I can't remember I thought I looked it up but I maybe I, I don't remember doing that but anyways rambling here um what else did I watch I, I, when I tell you I did not watch anything in between these two, last two episodes like barely anything except for what I'm talking about today I like truly mean that yeah I okay so actually that reminds me uh, my, we were talking about the last obsession, and like I've seen commentary about Couple Me online still, and it made me think about it and think about like, and that one I'm okay with. What's going on there? Because it's there. There's, <clears throat> it's step siblings going on, and they didn't meet until. So uh, they didn't meet until. Like, literally, I'm um, a couple weeks before their whole relationship started in that movie. Because it's a romantic relationship between newly formed step-siblings. And I thought, I'm fine with that. The age gap is a little iffy, but I'm totally fine with that. Because they're sort of in the same phase of life, I want to say. A little bit similar. And I'm thinking, I am thinking was trying to think about like other stuff that was like, similar? Or where, w- where would I think it's truly gross in? And that made me remember the Flowers in the Attic series that was in on Lifetime a while ago. I think it was started in 2015, 2016 around there, I th- believe. And now that one is so gross. Like, the whole concept, if you don't know. Basically, Flowers in the Attic, and all the other books, series, done by um, V.C. Andrews, the author of, like, the actual book that it's based on. It's made into a movie, and then a series of movies based on the series of books, and then more movies and limited series on Lifetime of all, of other, all the other V.C. Andrews series. And and how that one involves like literal incest which is insane like for lifetime these are insane for lifetime and lifetime makes insane like thriller movies if you want to say and now that that's where it gets into the insane where it's like this is not right but these movies are so insanely watchable they're like you're kind of like sucked into them in a different way. So, and so there's like, and I didn't realize there were so many series that Lifetime ended up doing. Because I know when I, I watched Flowers in the Attic. And then I watched the one after that. I didn't watch the two in that series, the Flowers in the Attic series after that. But then theres there's been, I want to say, there's like a heaven one, a ruby one. Um, there's Flowers in the Attic Origin, which has Max Irons in it, and Kelsey Grammer, which is—I don't know—you don't see Max Irons a lot in a lot of stuff. And I—the first time I saw him in something was the Queen, the White Queen. That's what it is. Yeah, he played Henry the. No, he played Edward the Third, I think, something like that before. The like. The War of Roses. It's like, he's the king right in England right before War of, War of Roses and it revolves around the the person who plays his wife in the series and it's that that series started off the um, continuation series along with all the like, subsequent queens and like, um, the white princess, that Jodie Comer in it, um, the Spanish princess, which is one I watched recently that I think I talked about on here. And something else but oh, but he hasn't done it like a ton in between I thought he was on another series I can't remember but and then so beyond that so there's that's four and then they were just starting a new one this last a couple weeks ago with um, based on what's it dawn is the book series or no? it's I think the book series is called the colors and the first book is called dawn so the whole thing is called dawn and the only reason i started watching it is because it had breck bassinger who was in Stargle, the the dc show that was on cw and on dc dc app i forgot before it before it like um got merged into max the max app the hbo max app god this it's so confusing um and i so i've seen star girl and i liked i sort of liked that show and i could not finish the first season of it and i found her annoying but i knew she's i know she's interesting to watch and i was surprised to see her in like a trailer i saw for it so was like oh this is interesting and these movies are although wild are super interesting to watch because there's so like so many taboos in them and like you kind of fall off watching the series as it goes on because it gets so insane and it's like it, the books are popular for a reason it's insane thing after insane thing after insane thing that it's like there's romances in it in in within families and you're like this is extremely gross and it just gets wilder and wilder and wilder on top of that but this one I think It's pretty good. Even though it's like the fifth series they've done. I think it's pretty well done. And is still insane. So, Dawn. You meet this family at the beginning of it who are moving in the middle of the night. Which is already suspicious. Something's going on. Like, the parents must be wanted for some reason. And they're moving to Virginia to have their kids go to a really good school and it's a rich snobby school with um, it's also has a good music program for the daughter played by Breck, who Don who is really into music and is a really good singer and the dad's gonna work as a janitor there and slowly as the movie goes on you the family's really poor they live in like one bedroom apartments the entire In both apartments, you see them move it. Uh, the one you move out of, and the one they move into. And this is one, the first red flag. Because Dawn, she's like 16, 17, is sleeping on like a pull out couch with her older brother. And I'm like, this is red flag number one in this movie. It's like, oh, I see where it's going. They're. They're not even great at, like, hiding it. And it's, like, everybody knows it's, like, a disaster waiting to happen. Because, like, in, like, foster child situations and stuff like that, they're not allowed Because you hear that they're not allowed to share a bedroom with someone who's the opposite gender. Because of in situations like that. Because if you grow up too close together, like, when the flower's in the attic, you... It... There's, like, it the psychological thing that apparently unnatural... Um. Feelings begin to emerge. Apparently, psychologically. I think I've heard that before, and and you're like, oh, if they're sharing a bed, this is got to be where it's going because I, I don't think I read what the books were about beforehand. And their mom gets sick after having their previous child and refuses to go to the hospital, like there's a refusal to stay at the hospital for very long, refusal to go to the hospital, and they end up having to take her back to the hospital because she's so sick, and they find, come to find out Dawn was kidnapped when she was a baby, and her, family she's with isn't actually her real biological family in any way, and the reason they were always moving around so much is because they were wanted for kidnapping of her. And so then she finds out, like, the crush she had at school and the guy she kissed at school is her actual brother. And she goes, lives with that family. And they're rich and powerful and the grandmother super hates her. And for, like, seemingly no reason. And the bully that she had at school is now her sister, turns out to be her sister, and then just terrible thing is going on and then come to find out the f- adopted I don't know what you call it the f- the brother she grew up with comes back and like they try to work in the romance there as if even though they're not blood related it's fine and I'm like that just throws everything out the window of like if they're adopt if people are adopted and this movie is trying to say that's fine. And I'm like, yeah, it's one thing if you did not grow up together and you just met because your parents are dating as a different thing than if you were kidnapped or even adopted and grew up with someone as their, as their family member, as their sibling. So, and it just gets insane And from there and there. I just watched the second movie that was on last night, I think and it's just... more insane stuff happening. I don't want to describe any more of this, because it's... it sounds like you're making it up with how insane it is, but it's so watchable, compared to a lot of other Lifetime stuff, that it's... despite the insanity, you want to continue watching it for some reason? I don't know. But... I remember actually reading the first Flower in in the Attic book, and it was actually pretty good. Which is kind of crazy. And I think I remember reading it in high school. Yeah, I remember. So I was taking a, a, a literature class where I ended up having another book with a similar theme, I want to say. and Which was super insane. And I'm talking about it to the teacher that was teaching that class. And it was... It was. It's just a truly insane book, and I don't remember why I was talking about it. I must have missed class for some reason, but I don't remember. Um. When so, I recommend to watch only for the craziness of what goes on in those movies. The Dawn V.C. Andrew series, or all the V.C. Andrew series, on Lifetime, because sometimes you just need to watch crazy. <laughs> um, that's what's so interesting about Lifetime. People like to shit on Lifetime. But they do know how to make crazy. Because, and, the, the, like, their Lifetime, like, movie club app where you can watch the movies that they are on their network. Which I don't think them or, nor Homework utilize those apps well. Because, I don't know, with at least Lifetime. I know they make rom-coms. And, like, um, especially, like, Christmas time stuff. But, like, nothing is on their, like, movie their app, like at all, and and like I know a lot of them too, and I know they they put a lot of them on their YouTube channel too. It's just I, I just don't recognize any of the movies. Like, I've seen some of them, I've very minimal compared to like Hallmark because I like the light and fluffiness of Hallmark stuff or Hallmark. They rotate their stuff every so often, I can't tell like the time period they rotate stuff, but they don't rotate it super quickly and it just feels like there's a misinterpretation I guess it makes sense in like the streaming world, you want to keep people subscribed so you move the the, um, the content in and out so people have to subscribe in order to continue getting access to more and more stuff rather than binging only what you want to watch and then canceling the subscription, which I mean, makes sense Trying to think. I'm oh, sorry, my cord's getting stuck here. Um. What was I saying? I don't remember. Um, oh yeah, like. I think Lifetime can do better with the app. Even though they put a lot of on YouTube. But. If you didn't know. You can actually ha- access. all oh, like. The Hallmark stuff. I don't know if this is the same. Data. Or like shows you can access a lot of that stuff through peacock and like um so like even like the new stuff that is just airing is hallmark does this thing where they air something and it's only available on their app and website and even on the peacock app for like three days after it airs which i guess makes sense because they do still sell it not quickly on their um um on like itunes If that's what you want to call it i suppose i don't know if it's precisely called that but they're like store in other places i believe and i just don't know where else they would sell the programming for it to make sense that they they do it in like this i I guess it's the business side of this sort of interests me i don't know if it's interesting to anybody else but what else i watched this week was actually i binge watched the second season of um curl summer It's not- the entire season is not out yet. I think episode 8 comes out this week, and I'm kind of excited for it. I watched- I want to say most of, or, like, half of the first season of Cruel Summer. If you don't know, Cruel Summer is an anthology show on Freeform, um, revolving around mysteries and, um- Stuff like that. Like, the first season is not, like, a murder mystery, but the first season it's more, like, a different crime, but the second season it's more of, like, a murder mystery going on. You don't know who was killed in the first episode. I don't think you even know until the end of the first. And the same as the first season. It functions in three different time periods, all close together. So, I don't remember anything about the first, but also I'll talk about the second. So it goes summer 1999, winter 1999, into, I think they're going to go into 2000, or it's going to lead right up until New Year's Eve 1999. Well, that's not true. We already crossed over into 2000 in the most recent episode. And then summer 2000. So there's three time periods. It is a lot, but they transition well between the time periods and they do other things to note the differences, like the different hues and the way that people dress. Sometimes it feels like it's moving super slow through the mystery, but it's I think it's pretty well done for a freeform show. Um some ridiculous stuff obviously still, but um, so the story. In summer 1999, Megan and her family are, um, they live in the Pacific Northwest, I think in Oregon or something like that. They have the- those classic Pacific Northwest trees, and it's clearly shot in Vancouver. Um, because you recognize a lot of the landmarks from, um, especially Nancy Drew, the CW show, the restaurant that the Megan, the main character, works at is The claw from Nancy Drew, and they shoot, they shoot it so many times and so many exterior shots. And like the inside, it's even the claw, so it's like, oh, this is super obvious why you're shooting this. They know that it's shot in Canada and some other stuff from like other shows. Do you recognize some of the places? But it makes sense that it's still in the Pacific Northwest. That you're glad they're shooting in the Pacific Northwest. So, Megan, the main character, her family is poor, that only matters in that a lot of people that she goes to school with is are wealthy, especially her best friend, Luke, and her family is getting a foreign exchange student. She's not super excited for it, um, but her mom really wants it to happen and is kind of like forcing it on the family. And the foreign exchange student comes, Isabella, surprisingly has an American accent because her, f- her family is diplomats so I guess it makes sense she went to like American schools overseas but it's so insane because you and that her parents were probably American too but it's like such a American accent that's surprising. And I'm wondering if they did that because they didn't want to force an actor to do an accent because it would dist- dist- distract too much from the story. Anyways, Megan out is like not super into having a cool per, um foreign exchange student like interfere in her life, and Isabella is very cool and obviously much more like free spirited and outgoing than Megan. Megan's like a tomboy in the nineteen 19- in summer nineteen ninety nine. Um, she always wears her hair up. She's super light and she's very pretty and like wearing overalls and t-shirts and jeans and not super revealing in any way and you come to find out when the foreign exchange student comes to town, Megan Isabella, the foreign exchange exchange student Isabella comes to town and strikes up a liking to Megan's best friend um, Luke and you can feel that's part of the tension that's going to bubble up in like the old times. Although it's not super outwardly hostile on Megan's end. You can just, the the writer's just want you to notice it. Like subtly, I suppose. And so like, you can, that, that summer is all about the build up and the, the relationship and the dynamic between the three of them. And how it's going to lead into winter of 99. Is um Megan and Luke are dating at this point, and like super coupley. So it's it's clearly not new. So like something must have happened in between that time period. They're gonna find out how they got together. And it's leading up to Christmas, and they're at a Christmas party and beginning to go and watch a movie as like a traditional thing. And on the screen pops a sex tape of Luke and who is assumed to be Isabella. We find out near the end of the episode, or into the second, that it's not. It's actually Megan in it, and, I, and Isabella just takes the fall for it, just so nobody knows that it's Megan in it. Because at this point, in the winter, they're absolute. Megan and Isabella are ex- absolutely best friends in the entire world. It feels a little obsessive on Isabella's part, in into the like summer of thousand two, two thousand. Also, I don't want to confuse. And I don't. I think it's it's like a misdirect, on the show's part. Like the the feeling that you get of like obsession on Isabella's end. It's more like they're su- they're super best friends, and they just will do anything for each other. And then, when you lead into, you can see that's like a tipping point of like how the mystery is going to happen. The murder in this show is going to happen. Like, you can feel that's like a tipping point for conflict around the town. And then you get into summer 2000, and you find out who was murdered was Luke. And he was like drowned in a lake, and it must have happened supposedly when he ran away. Right after New Year's ninety nine into two thousand, so you're like, what went down that started at that party? It must have, or something like that. And uh, Megan is like super goth at this point and has like slick back that wet style slick back hair, and her and is- Isabella are no longer friends, and she's like super computer hacker lifestyle and like a uh, severe attitude and that's how they delineate between the timelines Is especially her she looks very different like last summer super tomboyish light pretty going in the winter she comes becomes a little bit more rebellious wearing makeup more revealing clothing her hair is curled and down rather than up and then into the next summer she's Kind of extremely gothy and hackery and grungy, I guess. I don't know how to describe the style. I'm not super into fashion. And it's all revolving around the mystery of, like, what happened. Because Isabella approached Megan, and they're like, we have to get our story straight. And you're like, oh, obviously, it's not them. Like, the show wouldn't be too obvious as if to think they actually caused it. So it must be some sort of misdirect on their part, because why would they tell you that? I mean, although I want to say the first season was kind of similar, so it makes it could be that they were responsible in some way. But what exactly caused their fallout? Because it could be that th- this happened and they just fell out of touch with each other. Hmm. And so, like the two summer two thousand timeline is about the murder investigation and finding out what happened and everybody's suspicious doing suspicious things and each episode goes on going through the timelines and what built up to the winter and and what happened in the winter and like the fallout in the summer and the next year so it's truly interesting and i really like the i really like mystery shows i don't watch a ton of them I th- not anymore, but I like this one because I think it's fairly well done. Like, the first season was talked about a lot and fairly well done. I just, I wasn't super into it because I was just thrown off by something, and I can't exactly describe it, but I just fell off, and I think the second season is drawing me way more in. I kind of did spoil myself a little bit as I was watching it, but... I th- it's not a lot of people are talking about it in the same way they're talking about the first season, but I think it's really well done, and I'm it made me actually think like, what's going on here? Because like with a like a in like Pretty Little Liars, I never really thought about it too closely. Like there's too much in the world of what's going on in the girls' lives in Pretty Little Liars that I didn't really care as much. Like the a thing was more in the background and there's, like, mini little mysteries going on, but I think the second season is more my style of mystery and characters and stuff like that, but one thing about it, the show, too, that I I enjoy and don't at the same time is the extreme saturation saturation with popular music of that era, like, a ton of, like, must-been have top 40s music, like, there's "Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera in it. There's Spice Girls music. But you don't hear a ton in media anymore. I i think the only other time I've heard it in something was One Tree Hill. Which is definitely more music fo- focused, like, planes, music show. Um, I mean, music is not super part of like the early seasons of the show. It's just... They played a lot of popular music, and I'm like, this. it must have been so expensive for this Freeform show to have all this extremely popular music. Like, I can't place a lot of what the music is, because I don't listen to a ton of it currently, but it, some of the, like the obvious choices and stuff that you would recognize, they play a ton of. And, like I said, this is making me really want to, Um, really, makes me really think about the show and what's going on and what possibly could have happened. Like, one thing I'm thinking about is Megan and Luke's brother. There's a weird dynamic going on there. They don't explore a ton, but there's like moments of it that I'm like, this is interesting. There's something, I, I want to say the show is going to go somewhere between the two of them. I don't know where. I think it'd be really interesting if it was like a romantic element. But I'm thinking they probably wouldn't do that. Because. You find out in Winter of ninety nine, Megan finds out she's pregnant, and you then start to find out Luke is not like as good of a guy as you think he is. And especially Megan finds this out, he he like tries to kiss um, Isabella, and then like turns it around, saying that Isabella kissed him, and Megan believed him, but then overheard him talking to his friends about having both the girls wrapped around his finger, and she and it at the end of the last episode I just watched, it's like a turning point where Megan, where she like approaches Isabella and is like, we got her revenge. So it's like, it's leading you into thinking they did something. But I'm thinking they did something that sort of was a catalyst into a moment where something else happened that where Luke died. But I don't think they actually did anything. Because that would be insane in the way they're acting in the current day. In a way that this first season didn't do to make to like put suspicion on the main character from the first season. But let me think what other things are interesting about the show that could be interesting. I mean there's a neighbor at the cabin on the lake where where he died where Luke died. That's like a recluse coder that Megan gets really close to. It's super volatile and sort of gets into a fight with Luke in a previous episode. And it sort of throws suspicion on him. But I'm like, it's probably not him. I mean, it could be and that he's so chaotic that maybe something accidentally happened. Because you see him, like, shooting a gun at birds and stuff like that. And part of it was Luke was had muscle relaxers, which kind of hints at toward... Like in a little bit because you see her organize her mother's pills and pick up pills and her mother is sick with something but they never explained what it was so i'm like they're trying to throw you on to that and what else and then the neighbor shoots birds in the air and luke was also like gray's shop that's not what it killed him he drowned so you think maybe something like that happened but i'm like it's kind of too obvious Two, and it's like, what was the reason for someone showing Luke's Luke and Megan's sex tape? Because even though it was stabbed at the party, you'd think it, you don't think it was the point that to get between Megan and Luke in order to like break them up. Because if if it were, were played longer, everybody would see it was Megan, and so you are like, who is a target up here? Is it Luke or is it Megan? And, like, at that point, suspicion was thrown on Luke's brother, because he's done this before, which is, like, it's super gross, so you're thinking, you're not showing them, but recording. And you're like, does that plane do it a little bit? Because they're, they're playing into a relationship between him and Megan as, like, a closeness there, so you're thinking, is this, like, a jealousy thing that they're trying to break them up, or, like, why would he want to humiliate Megan, but maybe... He was trying to humiliate, humiliate her in the fact that there was some sort of secret thing going on and she stopped it because he, she was with Luke or she got with Luke or I uh, could be reading too much into it. And then there's Isabella who hiding all sorts of stuff, like apparently in her old, in her last home place where she lived. I don't know how to describe it. I think it was in St. Barts, so in and her friend that you see her writing and talking about is actually dead and actually drowned in Saint Bart's And she and Isabel left the night that it happened. So I'm like, it is a little too obvious to to do that, but it seems plausible because there's like an over obsession with Megan between Isabel and her, and like it oscillates between. They're extremely close, and maybe she's never had a closeness like that before between a friend and the willingness to do a lot of things for her and just stuff like that. And there's of and although there is like hints in earlier episodes about Luke and like guns and violence and death and stuff like that, and like little things that are being said they're like, maybe, maybe was it suicide, maybe, like, took muscle relaxers and then got into the water and just so he wouldn't fight it, and then somehow got shot, and I don't know, something. And then the parents of the families are, like, recognizable actors, so you're like, is there something going on with the parents? Because the parents are also dating, like Megan's mom and Luke's dad are also dating. In the winter timeline, don't there's nothing to indicate that it happens in the summer '99 timeline either. So I'm thinking it must have happened at some point in there. And there, there were, those two actors were actually a couple on per Practice*, the *Grey's Anatomy* spinoff. So, which, which is interesting. So I'm like. Is there something else going on there? Because he, the father is very explosive, powerful in the town and very angry with his kids when they do something to humiliate him. And Megan's mother works for him. It's just so interesting why they're so poor. But, like, she seems to work in, like, a pretty big job in his company yet can't afford a lot of things. Which is like, why would you date someone that wouldn't pay you well enough? Even in like a super small town. Um. What else? I can't think of any. Just so much going on. And it does go super slowly, so you're not going very far and like learning what actually happened in the story. And I'm super excited for this next episode. I'm just super interested in where this show ends up. I think I've got so there's 8, 9, 10 so there's 3 episodes left I think there's I think this one's 8 but overall I think it's a pretty good show and I definitely would recommend I would think it's like a everything i watched so far it's been like a B minus maybe like it's super still super free for me type show but it's fairly well done and dropping hints along the way and stuff like that pretty well But um, I'm sure I will address it when I record next, when I see the next episode. But moving on, what also came out this week is um, the new, the start of a new season of The Summer I Turned Pretty. Now, I think I talked about this before. I loved the first season of The Summer I Turned Pretty. It was one of my favorite shows of last year, and that's one of the ones you can like infant. You, know, you watch over and over and over again and, like, fall in love with the vibes and the music. I hate the word vibes, but, it, like, it encapsulates the show so well. It's, like, the summeriness and the music and the, like, teen romance drama going on is so fun to watch. And, like, you don't truly dislike any of the characters a ton in the story, but help with, like, the watchability and, like, the romantic interest is, like, yeah, you gravitate a lot towards more Conrad as she does. And, like, playing Taylor Swift music every single time he shows up on screen is, like, very much, like, a push in a direction in the first season. But, like, you don't hate any of the other love interests. And, like, you understand how it builds into the story. And it's super sad ending and, like, finding out the... Family friend mother has cancer and the, the sadness leads into the first of the first couple episodes of the next season. Whereas like the first couple episodes of the previous season, there was like highs and lows, but there's it's still like very easy to watch. This the first three episodes of this next season. Oh my god! If I were more like a crier watching something, it's like a very much like an emotional overload. Cry fest possibility. There's so much tension between characters, and so you pick up. Now, this show works in two timelines for this season what leads up over the last school year, I guess you can say from like September to May, and where they are on the present in the summer. So, at the end of the last season. And Conrad kissed on the beach. After. Belly was sort of getting, starting to get involved with Jeremiah Conrad's brother. You're like, oh my god, so much messiness. Leading into the second, starting, starting up of it in the prior timeline, you see that. Jeremiah gets extremely upset about this because he he's super hurt by it, like, feeling like second choice. And when Conrad comes along and kisses her, he- she, like, immediately drops him. Like, not- like, try to be more gentle about it, but, like, you do feel super bad for him, and, like, how the whole thing went down, even though, like, it was entirely obvious throughout the first season how much Pelley, like, loved Conrad. And, even though it sucks, you're like, you totally understand what's going on here. And so, Billy and Conrad like don't get involved right away because I decide like it's too much all too fast and it's super hurtful to Jeremiah to, to like try to get into it right away and they like eventually into September they start talking again Conrad and Billy and then eventually start dating again in like amorphous way they don't really dis- discuss like how. When at what point they're dating, I suppose, is when he shows up in October, and like they kiss for the first time again after the summer. And, um, Billy's not able to get any contact from Jeremiah, which is understandable. Understandably hurt, and it's like so much, like melancholy, because you understand, like even though this is happy times, in the past, you it's like. Oh, you know where it's going on because you know, like, Billy and Conrad are broken up. Something terrible happened. Like, uh, what was her name? Shoot. Susanna died. And something happened and they're broken up and they don't speak to each other and and still doesn't speak to Jeremiah. And eventually Jeremiah calls Billy, and is like, I'm Conrad is missing, and so they, the whole catalyst in the current time period for what the story moving forward is that they're trying to find Conrad and he's at the lake house they, that they visit every summer from the last season that, the, that most of the show was at. And Susanna's sister is actually going to put it out on the market and sell it. And Conrad's super upset and doesn't want this to happen, and trying to convince otherwise, and Billy and Jeremiah also agreed to, like, help, because they also really love this house. And, it's just, it's it's so sad, and, like, there's so much tension, and then you lead into, like, the second episode where you explore more of, like, Billy and Conrad together, and, like, how they really want to be together, but Conrad's still in all his feeling stage, where he's super, Depressed and clearly not in a great headspace still, and like even though there's like that high of Susanna in the last season, granted, do the trial, there's still all of that still is going on, and her being sick, and him not being able to feel like he can express things, it feels like, and expressing Sibeli and like it all culminates at prom, where there's really cute scenes in there. And really great music, but... All culminates at prom, where he's, like... Super out of whack, and... Like, doesn't want to be there. And... Belly can tell, and, like... Is like... Why don't you just break... We we should just break up. Sensing that... It feels like that's what he wants. And, like, gives back the infinity necklace. Which is so, so sad. He's like, in the rain, and... Crying, and it's, like, so... Oh my god, it's so sad. And... Although, her dress at the prom is super pretty and, like, gorgeous. I love it. And definitely perfect for her. And, like, the super Taylor swift era. And, like, what's interesting is that I've heard there's supposed to be a ton of Taylor Swift songs. But I think I've heard, actually, I don't know how much you count Hey Steven as one song. But it's the ringtone for Steven, her brother. And... Invisible string as like a montage thing with her and Conrad at the beach house when they're there during the winter. And it's so beautiful. And like, but there's not been a ton, not there's not been a ton. I think in the first couple episodes of the first season there was at least three killer songs, I think. So you're like this must be building up to more toward the end of the show when they're playing more music of hers. They played two, and they played, for sure, two Olivia Rodrigo songs. I think One Step Forward and Two Steps Back and Driver's License, when Belly is, like, driving. It seamlessly goes into this music, where she gets into the car and you hear, like, the start of Driver's License, and she's driving and crying and thinking back on the breakup between the two of two of them and, like, the bad times and stuff like that. I think actually good times i'm not entirely sure it was the show is so sad and it's, it's so melancholy because you know and then you you know suzanne dead and they're still dea- dealing with the recent aftermath of that and belly's super upset because of the whole situation going on with conrad and you learn toward the th- end of the third that like she's told herself like she can't get into that anymore, because it's, it was such a toxic, like, near the end, and how they couldn't communicate, and how everything went wrong between the two of them, and how much he hurt her and said some hurtful things at Susanna's funeral to her, and it's, uh, it's gonna be so juicy for this next season, it's gonna be so interesting, and I'm so excited for, I hate that it's weekly, I should have, no, I wouldn't have waited week by week, I hate that it's weekly. Even though. Prime is smart to do that. To like drag it out. And make sure people just don't subscribe. To watch the whole thing. And cancel it. But. Because at least they get like. What? Two. Three months out of. People. For watching this. And it's. So good. And. So much heartbreak. And it's like. Clearly moving towards. In like. In, in the trailer that came out. For it. It's like clearly moving towards bu- rebuilding the relationship with Jeremiah and maybe focusing, that's going to be where it ends up in the season, I think. Although, it's so messy. To, between those two characters it would be so messy. With, like, the whole brother dynamic going on. And it's like, why? it just, it feels like it's going to be a complete disaster for their family after that. And, like, I think I've seen it a little bit ahead of what happens in this book, this next one. And I'm wondering how many seasons this show is going to go on for, because if they're doing the whole second book now, the third book, I guess, takes place over a long- can take place over a longer period of time. So they could split that one up maybe, or like, move on beyond that, because there's like sort of like an epilogue-y, nature to the third book. Anyways, so good. Such a good show. I think I'll be more, like, specific in the next time I talk about it. It's just, like, watching all three episodes in one night and, like, moving through that and, like, they're not into the main... they're just getting into the storyline for the season and, like, what's going on and... I wonder how much flashbacks will still be going on moving forward and... The drama and it, it feels very different from the first season but it makes sense moving into the first season into the second season it is so good Um, yeah What? let me think about um what else was good I've heard that the promo music for the trailer the Taylor Swift songs that are in August and back to December aren't gonna be in the show that could be wrong, and I've heard there's nine songs being played, I don't know if the two that's already been played is part of the nine. It's just like, nine is a lot of songs, and they've only played two in the first three episodes. That's being generous. And that song being more revolving around Conrad and Belle's relationship and the scenes of them together, so I'm like, Obviously, it's not a good place at this point to, like, really show it a ton. Because there's not, like, a lot of good going on. It's not super sad or super dark or in a bad place. So, I'm, like, they're probably going to be building up towards, like, them getting along more. And, like, a hint that something could happen and Belly will probably... Like, push it away and be like, and say this is not a good idea and move to- maybe toward Jeremiah a little bit. I just, I hope they use it well. Because they were, the use of it in the first season was so well and, like, so specific to the story that so you understood what was going on. And how the show made you want to feel about a, about Conrad as a character. That I hope they don't widen the scope of it in this, in this season to be more confusing what those songs mean and who they're special for. I don't know. So also in this season, they're building up some sort of relationship between Steven and Taylor. Which could be interesting. I don't love Taylor a ton as a character, but it's fun with the fun scenes they've had so far with her and Steven have been super have been dynamic and interesting and could be interesting uh, like a good build up for a story in the season. and The trailer sort of hinted at that a little bit too, and there's the cousin, the family, you know, aunt, and cousin or something that's going that's involved in the story, but it's not super clear how much they are going to be involved because it's more about them selling the house, the summer house, so the beach house. So I'm not sure how much. They'll be involved. (laughs) Anyways. That's it. For what I've watched so far. I know I'm not super. Descriptive on any of these things. I think. I'll be better at it. In the next episode. With. um, What I talk about next. Because it just feels like. It's so much to. To get into and so overwhelmed with feelings from all this stuff and so many thoughts that it's hard to really get into and describe at this point any of these things and I'll probably I don't know who knows what I'll do but what, what I wanted to mention while watching this week is the new season of Sweet Magnolias is on not as, as excited as I was for Summer I Turned Pretty but I really like Sweet Magnolias and it's Done very well. Eh. Mid South the stories are interesting and I think they're moving in an interesting direction. Um let's see on Netflix right now. Wilson Boots is number one movie. Don't care about animated stuff. Bird Pop Bird Box Barcelona. Did not see the first, so I wouldn't see the second. The Outlaws, the new Dobra of Adam Devine movie. I, I I'm kind of interested in watching it, but I don't entirely know if I want to. I like Adam Devine. I like Nina Dobrev, and there's Pierce Brosnan, and there's, like, Fess, and I don't really like that sort of dynamic between, like, family members, because it's kind of a lot to deal with, but I don't know. There's 65 Adam Driver movie. I think I've heard of that one. It's, like, about going 65 million years in the past with dinosaurs or something in underpants not interested the tutor i've kind of heard of this about i have no interest in watching it but boss baby no interest Nimona, i don't know what that is and don't have any interest nine is titanic i kind of was interested in watching that because i saw someone mention the guy from summer i turned pretty kind of looks like a young dicaprio which makes sense with the hair that's what i wanted to mention the guy from summer i turned pretty the guy plays conrad i kind of hate his hair in the first few episodes of season two like it it feels like overly coiffed and like super fake which which it's like kind of the opposite of i mean they must have a different hairstylist because in the first season it was done so well and so naturally and like you really liked it i really liked it whereas this one it's like it feels super weird and off and like at one point it feels like he's wearing a wig Because it's so quaffed up And so like, shi- like Makeupy and weird And like stiff I'm like this looks like a wig But I don't think it's a wig I just think it's at a weird length That the prior season was an ad And they, they definitely went more, from more natural In the first Whereas this is more I think they're responding to people liking it a lot And like trying to focus too much on it And it kind of ruins it I don't know if I'm too obsessed with hair and stuff. I think from a prior discussion I had is like with like um, twelve as I looked before the one thing I didn't like between the movies is how how much like the wigginess that Laura Jean's hair became because the actors cut her hair off, and it just looked bad, and it lost some sort of the aesthetic. And I I hate when people cut their hairs and it hair and it becomes like super wiggy and weird and it's kind of distracting to me because I like hair and how it plays into a story and there's something there's a different look to the belly the character plays belly too but it's less so and I think some of it mostly has to do with a different haircut and I I think it fits more into it because she's more grown up and more into coming into herself and it's more styled and specific to growing up, I don't know, top time for Netflix movies, or next, in TV show. sorry, uh, quarterback, I don't have any interest in that, um, Survival of the Thickest, I I see it on here, I don't, nothing pulls me toward it, The Lincoln Lawyer, I started it, it seemed interesting, nothing about it seems appealing to the types of television that I watch, I'm like, not interested. Hot to handle I don't really like reality TV shows that much suits I like suits I didn't finish it I always wanted to think about watching it but I always get super I, th- I think I fall off somewhere in season three or four most of the time and I never can get past that a lot of times it's same thing with like outlander I, re- I need- really needed to start watch that whole series although probably will watch it after it comes to an end i think they have one more season of that the witcher i i don't think i have any interest in watching that tom Segura's comedy special i watched it i don't think it was super funny i through the whole thing i listened to his podcast and the podcasts he has and i just i've fallen off of those too i don't know if it's just because like I'm interested in different stuff. Like, I'm super obsessed with the R.U. Garbage podcast and other stuff and No longer interested in the Type of content they put on their podcast at the moment, but I don't know. Who knows? Um, And Sonic Prime, I don't- it's anime. No, I don't care. Is it Cake? 2? I don't really understand. Is it like a sequel? I don't know. I feel like it's a sequel, but I don't- I have no interest in that. And HAG, My Home, that could be interesting. I don't really watch a lot of the Netflix reality TV shows. Let's see what's coming up. Um, like I said, Sweet Magnolias, I'm interested in, because I, lo- I really like the first two seasons, and- it's one of those like super easy, fun to watch shows. It's like not too overly serious of itself, and gets like the genre isn't super well done. Um, let's see, see anything else that it's super interesting that could come up later. Hmm. <laughs> See, not a ton of stuff coming up, like super, like uh, very close to now. To that draws my attention. Oh, I, it reminds me. I want to watch rewatch Surviving Summer, the first season, that the Netflix show. It's like a surf, teenagery show that's in Australia. I really, I like the first season. And I thought it was canceled for some reason because I never heard about. It. A better renewal for a very long time, but it's actually renewed for a second season, and it's. I think I saw that it's coming out this year, or maybe early next. Who knows? With like the strikes and stuff, but I really like. I really like the first season, like in the way that like I like teenage dramas, because they do. They don't. There's not a ton of them, and they tend not be super focused on like very real world issues that I that, that can be can, can, can get lost a little bit and there obviously a lot of common themes along teen dramas that are makes them easier to watch and super focused on the smaller stuff not huge scale stuff in the same way so I will I'll probably watch, rewatch the first season I, I do have the avoidance tendency to not rewatch stuff I want to rewatch um I don't know anything else I know there's new Barbie and Oppenheimer movies are coming out. I'm kind of interested in watching them. Not, at, to two extent, a lot of other people are. I'm not a huge... I was a huge Barbie fan when I was younger. I'm not a huge Christopher Nolan, like, aficionado, but... I seem like it could be, could be good. I like Killian Murphy. Um. Um, but I want to watch... Indiana Jones, the new one that came out, but maybe, maybe not. I have not seen the first three. I saw the fourth, which is very random, clearly. The movie theater near me was actually playing every single one of them for like a separate month leading up to this new movie. And I was thinking, I w- was intentionally trying to go to them, but I always forgot about it because I'm terrible at remembering stuff like that or like even like putting it in my calendar, like, oh, go we'll we'll watch this. But, so, um, maybe we'll watch that one after, maybe I'll try to binge the other ones, but who knows how long it'll stay in the movie theater that's near me, because there's so many, like, summer blockbusters coming out, and the new Mission Impossible is out. I don't really care about that, because I've seen the first Mission Impossible, which is fine. I like action. A bit. It can be too much for me sometimes, because I tried to watch... I tried to watch the the one before, the most recent Fast and Furious, before to see that in a few I think it I was four tries into watching it, and I still haven't finished it. So who knows? Um, what else is that? There? Oh, there's Asteroid City, which could be interesting, because lo- the poster looks interesting. I might go see that one, too. I don't know. Um... Yeah, all my thoughts and stuff for this week, kind of super rambly and random, but just how I f- feel about stuff, um, I'll probably check in on Summer I Turn Pretty and Cool Summer Again next episode, or whatever suits my fancy, and maybe talking about Sweet Noise, even though it's not a super talkable show, I do find it interesting, and I do watch that one a ton over and over again, too. it comes out anyways thanks for listening to julie loves television i looked at my screens we actually got that right this time and i'll talk to you guys soon thank you